Hello, and welcome to Scuttlebutt, the war movie review podcast. We're happy to have you with us as we take a look at films from the dawn of cinema to today. We aim to provide a raw and unapologetic review of each film's cinematography, historical accuracy, and delivery. In the process of analysis, certain details will be revealed. These spoilers are only divulged to ensure a fair assessment of each film. This week, we're headed to Ireland with Ken Loach's 2006 Irish Civil War epic, The Wind That Shakes the Barley. The film, which takes its title from a 19th century Irish rebellion song, follows two brothers' paths as they are swept up into the midst of the Civil War. As always, I'm joined by Mike B. Hey. Nate. And myself. Sorry. So guys, I was, a little, I, was I was laying on the high. How are you doing? Yeah, I was trying to think of something witty and funny, and I was trying to think of something Irish, and then I was like, "No, everything's insulting that's going through my mind." So I'm not. May the road curse. rise up to meet you. Yeah. Oh, of course. Well, of although course. you know, look, growing up, growing up in like you know, like North Carolina area, hearing Irish accents, it's not like it's funny. Like uh, I've read reviews of people saying, "I can't understand anything they're saying." I'm like, "This is nothing compared to mountains of North Carolina." You're fine. <laughs> Well, and I'm on the other end of the spectrum. You ever go to Boston? Oh, yeah, khakis. <laughs> yeah, fucking yeah. South or, or oh, yeah. that's not even it. I can't. I know what it sounds like. I just can't do it. Yeah, yeah. Mark Wahlberg, Wait. but worse. Like, where the know? fuck is the clicker? You fucking cocksucker. Well, <laughs> I, I'd say Baltimore it's, is yeah. a lot worse than <laughs> anything. True, but for Irish, go accents, down to the ocean, hun. Is the well, no, no. Baltimore <laughs> is where they sent the Irish. That, that, After they, that is true. You know, we're in Boston forever. Yeah, yeah but like the, the Baltimore accent is, it's like half Southern oh, U.S., oh. half just way Irish. Like, it's just, Oot. I think it just should be eradicated. That's all I know. Well, yeah. that's, well that's you true. know, I won't, I won't take that personally, but okay, that's fine. Well, you should, you know. <laughs> we're going to march everybody down to the Royal Farms. And we're gonna like. We're gonna them go on to the Ralph. We're gonna go to the ocean hunt, and we're gonna it's, go eat some crabs. A, it, it only hurt at first. It's not a big problem. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, not pain goes away. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Okay. Look into the circle. Yeah. So, what'd you guys think? Loved it. And I will say, I'm totally biased. No. I'm totally biased because because of, of a, a common hick Irish name. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> Well, I will say this though. What's interesting is that my grandfather, my great grandfather, he did jump ship um, in 1920 into New York City. So he did leave Ireland at this time, and um, you know, along with his brothers and stuff that left about a decade earlier. And that's one thing they do mention in the film. They're like, you know, do we just want all of our population to go to New York or London, like has been happening? You know, so Ireland and Irish people have always like fled the occupation and things, and that's why there's there's so many Irish. In the states, my uh, my great grandmother was of the same era of, of of leaving Ireland and coming over. The second coming, because the no. first one was really eighteen forties, eighteen sixties, like mm-hmm. even like the you know gangs of New York, where they have the whole riots and everything because the Irish you know fighting for the Union and everything. But um, yeah, it was like the really the second big migration was during the, the Civil War and everything, you know. And uh, it's it's fascinating because especially New England is very has very close ties to Ireland. Like even later on in the um the troubles as they this conflict would become to be known like in the 70s and the 80s like a lot of ira money was raised in new england a lot of guns went to ireland from new england like whitey bulger um black mass up in boston he put a lot of money into the ira toward the ira 
and things. And so it's, it's just very interesting how, you know, in, in this part of the country, it's kind of cultural, <laughs> you know, like Irish support and stuff. Um, but no, I, I loved it. And uh, I, again, I'm biased towards it, but it's just trying to remove that bias. It's a great movie. It just, it tells a really good story about a really fucked up time. And, you know, um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's great. And who doesn't love SMLEs? I mean, come on. It's like and G98. Let's be honest here. And AZ. Oh, there's yeah, a the bunch AZ, of AZ and AZ oh, the K98. Whoops, 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 whoops. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, yeah I saw. Could be a standard I, model. Oh wait, no. I, I saw. I saw the the straight uh, Mauser, whatever that was, the straight Bolt. The G98. Mauser. Yep. Was the G98? Okay. Yeah, it was a bunch. Nope. Of, yeah. yeah. Um, the G98. There was a Lewis gun that wasn't functioning because they never showed it running. It yeah. just made. They had they, sound they, effects. They very craftily. Yeah. 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 They had sound effects, and every time you would think it would start up, they panned away, and you would never see it. But uh, the gunplay was really bad. But you could tell that they shot it in England. It, or, it, it or felt, Europe, um, yeah. it, you know, going, uh, just kind of hinting at the movie's production. It de- definitely felt more indie than huge budget. Tell me if True. I'm wrong, because the cameras felt what very was the much budget for this movie. I, I yeah, I, I, I had it. Google up that close while it. we're talking. Um, um, yeah. So like, like it just felt very much, you know, one side camera. But anyway, Brian or Mike, go for it. Sorry. Yeah. So Google it while we're bullshitting. Um. So yeah, the gunplay. Yeah, they're killing it the low ready, blah blah blah. And like, I noticed yeah. that, and it's like, well. Come on, like these guys are going to be trained by veterans of the First World War, okay? Which was alluded to in the film. Like, there's a lot of guys that they didn't necessarily say that he was in the the Great no, War. No, but they but they mentioned that like guys, especially guys from the British Army, and yeah, you can obviously. So that was a it's, just it's to interject. Twenty, so it's only two years. Those after. guys were called the Black and Tans. They were the Irish Constabulary, and basically they were world war one vets that were suffering from ptsd that were taking out everything on the irish citizens and there's even if you listen to a lot of the ira songs of the time they'll even be like uh go show your wives how you win medals down in flanders because like all of these guys were from the psalm or yeps like they all were world war one vets that had been out of it for a year and how do you deal with this most do you say yeps happened ever Yep, yeah, I'm gonna fuck it up or eeps. Eep. Um, yeah, eep. I fucked it up. Oh, yeep, that's right. Um, <laughs> but you know, uh, it, you know, they just came out of this horrible event in their lives. I mean, they have all this aggression and they don't know what they're going through. So they literally thrust it all into the, the population of Ireland. Yeah, but the, really don't bad. you think that's a little bit of an, a, like a, a really big, like over exaggeration of that? No. You don't think so? From what I know about reading into it and stuff. Um, no, the black and tans were known, and they were called black and tans because they would mix the uniforms because they would have like constabulary coats and, and British wools. So they would a lot of times they'd have tan pants or a tan top with a, a black bottom, and that's actually where the the Guinness drink black and tan comes from, from mm. the uh, the Civil War where you have the black and tans. But no, they were known to be pieces of shit, and it's kind of like when you go to Europe today, you'll be like, well, when the Americans lived in my village, they came right over there and they were so nice and. You go to like places in Ireland, they're like one of those fucking pieces of shit from the black and tan killed my grandfather in the barn over there. Like, there's a lot of resentment still in Ireland, and um, yeah, yeah, just just something to put on. And the last thing I guess I'll say too is that so this movie takes place in the south, County Cork, which is the southernmost province of Ireland, um, and it's pretty interesting because usually most of the conflict that's happened um, in Ireland is in the north, around Northern Ireland, Belfast, everything up there. So it was very interesting for them to take a narrative from the south, like really deep into the island 
the Isle of Ireland, which, you know, has not really seen a lot of violence since the 20s because of um, it's just in a part of the country that is, is safe. So it was kind of cool to like see a, a narrative where they they chose a place that traditionally like, you know, not violent um, during the era, but they show how bad it got. So I thought it was kind of cool. Just just so that my geographic location is correct. Dublin's in the north of Ireland, right? Dublin is in the center on the eastern okay. coast. Or not the coast, but like it's the center eastern bit. Okay. County Cork's all the way in the yeah, south. Yeah. Belfast is, is up north. I know where County Cork um, is. I just was confused of where it was yeah. in relation to Sean comes from County Cork. Oh, so really? <laughs> that's where his family hails from. My family all hails from Belfast. Um, it's funny. It's funny, though, going into, um, you know, the history. I, I, I know I know the very basic. Again, it's it is probably I probably know more of it in terms of another country's heritage like of in terms of another country's heritage in the 1920s i know more than most uh just from my own personal fascination with it with my family but also the 1920s 1930s 1940s are my biggest kind of like keywords of learning a country's history and so um i it was very very funny to go and and look at this movie 10 years after originally seeing it and you know, I, I'd seen it when I was maybe about, I would have to say maybe like 19. So God, actually more than that. Holy crap. Uh, more than 10 years. So boomer, uh, shut up. Uh, let's say, uh, let's say 13 years ago. Um, I definitely found it a lot more slow pace, a lot less wiser. I'm not much shooting. I don't understand the politics. I don't understand the rage. I don't understand like this kind of, you know, politics of, I, I vaguely understand it but i didn't know now going back at it as now a 32 year old it's like it, it, it very much resonated differently with me and i guess because i understand the history a whole lot more but also the fact that um it felt i don't know just being older being more ingrained in politics and stuff like that it's it's it, it very much resonated more with me and it was very interesting also as well with the political climate of the 1920s within Ireland and that whole thing and knowing more about it. The other thing that also very much made me uh, enjoy this movie more, and this is just a guilty pleasure is that coming off of Peaky Blinders to mention another show, Ugh. it's really funny to see, Oh, shut up. I love that show. Don't, don't talk ill. Okay. Killian, Killian Murphy is fantastic, but it's also really funny to see another IRA actor in this movie is playing an IRA member in Peaky Blinders. And it's also very funny to, to then also notice how many Irish actors there were that were prevalent in 2006 that are also that either you didn't realize were actually really Irish or they are go on later to play bigger, more supportive roles. Like there's a lot of actors I thought were English Game of Thrones. Well, Game of Thrones, the the, the one guy yeah, that plays the, the, the pirate. It's or the Onion Knight. Um, Patrick, I can't remember his name. He was in he was in Centurion as well. I was so surprised to see him in this. Yeah, like, oh, shit. the the, wow. the one I was you actually know? thinking was the guy who played the brother, um, Teddy. Was that the? Oh yeah, he plays yep. mm -hmm. a the one I know him from. He plays a Templar knight in Knights Nightfall, which is that kind of B-rated historical show that was taken over by netflix and only had one more season because it was it had mark hamill and all that stuff in it i thought he was an english <laughs> actor i had no idea he was a uh, an irish actor and then i looked up his name and i'm like oh that's definitely irish it's like it's like it's like <laughs> patrick o'horry hey or something like that like i it's like why are there apostrophes yeah over the no seriously he's got like <laughs> apostrophes like all over and stuff yeah, and i was like okay yeah. that explains it but it was very funny to see all the predominant irish actors of the time 
that you see later on in their film career as either playing more Irishmen or, or, you know, all the Boston movies <laughs> or, you know, gangster movies and, or, you know, playing other IRA, um, like, you know, roles in the future. So it was just very interesting to see the juxtaposition. And then also to actually hear Killian Murphy not speak like an English gangster. So that's also very interesting. He's great in this. Yeah. This is an early role for him or I'm not. Too uh, sure mid, yeah. Mid, mid or I mean, it's post Dawn of the Dead and post um, Scarecrow. Oh, that's right. Yeah. This is also post 28 days later, right? Sorry. That's the one I meant to say. Not Dawn of the Dead. 28 okay, days later. Yeah. Sorry. It's 28 mm-hmm. days later and post uh, 2001 Batman Begins for Scarecrow. I can't say how much I love um, 28 days later. Such a good movie. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I always I always confuse I always confuse Dawn of the Dead and Twenty Days Later because I hate horror movies. Well, they so came out like, like yeah. such the same. It's funny. I hate horror movies too, but I like both those movies. Well, I like the original. Uh, <laughs> I like them. I just I just I don't focus on yeah. horror movies. So yeah, you're stuck in a mall. It's 1978. Uh. <laughs> Let's go to the gun store. <laughs> it's such a fucking anyway, anyway to bring it back to yeah, Ireland. Sorry, yeah. Um, Mike B, you're sitting there. Give me a face when I say peaky. Well, I'm actually not. Like, I, I'm actually just making sure my shit's recording. <laughs> no, I, uh, the overwhelming theme I got from this was, well, Great Britain in all of her glory, right? Great Britain overextends and oppresses a populace, and they get upset and they take up arms. Where have we heard that before? Uh, shut up, you colonizer. <laughs> right, right. But, like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's, you know, it's after the Great War. I get that. And these guys that they send are veterans of. Imagine this. Imagine, imagine surviving the Somme, surviving through to 1918, the armistice, blah, blah, blah. You get sent back home. You've got problems. You wear the ribbons on your chest. Fun. And you get killed by Irishmen. Who you probably fought with in the trenches. I got to look it up, but I think 20 or 30,000 Irishmen died in the trenches of the First World War. There was a very considerable number of guys. Um, And it's, yeah, they come home and then, you know, here's the guys you were fighting with. Last year... Now you know. Now you burning your house. There you now, now, now treating you as a second class citizen. You right. Know. Now you're the enemy. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. Yep. That that opening scene of like you know you can't play ball. Um, you know, and then like the whole like you know tearing them down, in terms of characters and and you know don't look me in the eye and strip them down and don't speak in that you know donkey tongue. Hey, like, yeah. Like speak donkey tongue. <laughs> well, it's, it's never like it's never wow. like it's never like the British ever have done that before in any way in any of their colonies. <laughs> like they're always very respectful and they're always like they 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 just they're there. Yeah, look at all those law. museum pieces they're keeping in this on display, you know. Perfect. Right. So it's like here's the thing is like it, with that kind of shit, that kind of behavior and like those kind of orders that you're pushing down these guys well like i've heard a lot of vietnam vets say we made our enemies we created them by the harsh shit that we did and this film actually does a really good job of showing how we create enemies like oh we're gonna be just like fucking brutal 
and go in and whatever. And so it could have been watered down. It could have been over, overdone. Who knows? But the fact of the matter is Irish people at this point felt the need to take up arms and rebel against their government, the British government. It's like, well, there's a lot of parallels to the U.S. or the uh, colonists that at that point. But, like, it, there's a lot of parallels drawn to that. It's like, well, if you oppress people for so long, they're going to snap. And this is a long time in the making. I get it with Ireland. I understand that. Hundreds of years. But it it... it <laughs> It, it it boiled over in the twenties, in the early twenties. And yeah. yeah. It was it was like a it it's was like a, a tinderbox, you know, it's like that 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 one well, little spark just goes foosh, you know, it just it, it, it erupts it. It's funny because Ireland is a strange tale because it's the only Western nation that has been like subjugated by other Western nations. Right. I mean, even going back to Blazing Saddles, which was a great comedy. There's the one scene in it where they're like, yeah, we won't we'll the take Irish. the chinks in the blacks, but we won't take the Irish. Yeah. And that was a thing, even in this country yes. for a long time. Oh, Irish for sure. Not, need not apply. It's just funny because, you know, Irish people are a Caucasian nation. So you think that traditionally they would be favored over other minorities and things, but people fucking hated them. Oh, yeah catholics and things and that's what has a lot to do with it religious sectarianism that's the other thing too i liked about this movie is that they didn't get into the protestant versus catholic divide because they're in the south everybody's a catholic yeah that's not a thing it was nice to see the you know it's horrible to see what they showed because it's a war but it's nice to see some of the religion taken out of it because you always hear about i will agree with that oh those cat you do have the one church scene but it's like well because they are going to the same church yeah but but then but then it shows two different sides right but then it but then it shows the influence of someone's personal belief who holds a uh, a religious position could also influence something that they want i thought that was very interesting to show like you know the the priest's own politics using religion to influence his right. belief and that was very interesting and now granted that was probably the popular uh position um obviously to take but it no, was very no, interesting it's the to see it's a safe position it's safe a safe position, position. okay yep. yeah that's a yep. better term yeah i i it, it just um, it just it was very interesting to see someone in a position of the religion to then speak on right. politics but it was interesting because i i didn't grow up with a predominant religion you know within my family so that's kind of new that was new to me to see so it was something it's, very interesting um, to me it's sad because you know at the end they fought for their independence and then they get into the civil war for four years because nobody you know agrees what to do because they lose the north they lose six counties of the, the island and people don't know what to do about that. And they're all fighting. And it's, I like how they showed that in the movie, you know, there was like, Oh, we're on the same side. We have one enemy. And then it's like, well now we're enemies and we're fighting each other. So it's really sad what happened because like they fought for it. They got it. The Brits were like, fine, we will give you independence. Oh, by the way, you know, so it's like, a lot of caveats. There. It's just, yeah. Yeah. You know? And it's like, it's just, you can say a lot about it, but um, it's just sad because they got to this point where they were going to have unification and they didn't. And it literally was another 70 years of bloodshed. And there's still bloodshed today. I mean, a friend of ours was showing us this thing from 
after the Good Friday Agreement in the early 2000s, these Protestants were throwing urine-filled balloons at Catholic kids trying to go to school in Northern Ireland. Like, this is, this is when we were alive. Yep. <laughs> you know? Like, there are parts of the North where, like, they have fucking peace gates where every night they have to wall off certain sections of the city so the kids don't become hooligans and fucking throw Molotovs at each other. And this is today. I'm not talking about a historic event. I'm talking about now. Wasn't and wasn't wasn't the pistoled balloons thing? Wasn't there like a bomb as well and like some other things? But it all got swept under the news because nine eleven happened like the day after, or like five days after, or whatever. I'm not well enough. I'm not well spoken enough about it to like say that. But it was right around nine eleven. Yes, yeah. and it was didn't get a lot. Because I think because I think we I think we talked about that at one point like over the last yeah. year, and I think that was why it got swept under the rug. Because I was like, I've never you heard of this, and, up, and our buddy yeah. was like, Hey. This is why this is Go probably look why up videos so, yeah. of, of Catholic like or sorry, Protestant like, you know, MILFs throwing urine-filled <laughs> balloons at children. Maybe not use that term. You'll find some other things on the on the internet, I think. Yeah. But you yeah. know Protestant maybe, MILFs. Like middle-aged women. How about how, like, about, people, how about how about Protestant women, not, not MILFs? You'll you'll yeah. come up with like, some awkward points. People that you would never imagine doing these kinds of things, doing these kinds of things. You know, for, like, for what? What fucking reason? ideology? Ideology. That's after. that's the thing. Oh yeah, no, obviously. But like hundred years after, we're talking yep. about this church figure being divisive. Like, well, take that. You know, I mean, there's a thing in Ireland. They say twenty six plus six equals one. Twenty six counties in the south plus six counties in the north equals one country. But they still <laughs> don't have that. Yep. Brexit kind of gave it to them, but I can rant forever. Um, but no, it's yeah, got the original point. <laughs> History, history rambles. Um, in, well, that's what happens, especially when you talk about something you like. <laughs> in terms of, uh, in terms, of, I guess what, what, how you like the the movie, Mike? I mean, like, how, what do you, what was something that stood out to you? I like the fact that, like, they showed like the IRA in its infancy, right? Mm-hmm. And the fact that they were guys that most of them did not have training, most of them were not veterans of the first world war because again like brian said there were only a certain amount of volunteers that went there okay you got one or two guys maybe but two hundred thousand like, served in the war and thirty thousand didn't come home right according to this guy's found so yeah so it's not that many most of those guys most veterans of any war just want to come home and like just no more problems like i just want to go home and and do my thing uh but it shows like the training, the rudimentary training of these guys and they're using their, um, what's that sport they're playing? I, I actually don't know. I'm sorry. Uh, it, I don't think it's, I'm not sure to be honest. Um, uh, oh, I know what it is. It's not cricket. No, it's, it's, not, no, it's not cricket. It's, um, um, shit. Well, you go research that, and then, but anyway, so they give they give the uh, paddles that they use, or the whatever name that I'm probably fucking up, um, to these guys to train them, and it's like, yeah, these are placeholders for when you actually get real rifles, and I'm glad they actually had German it's called hurling. What hurling? Hurling. The game is called yeah. hurling. Cut. And you, yeah. I know nothing about it, but like it's hurling. Okay, that's fine. Yep. Um, and then I also appreciate the fact that they had German weaponry because the Germans, the Weimar Republic was like, yeah, hey, if you got the Dosh, we've got a shitload of arms. And even the Kaiser, you know, that was a big thing to touch on. You know, the, the Easter Revolution is 16. 
Germans right. never came with their guns. <laughs> right. And so, you know, they've got they've got G98 or Gewehr 98 for those of you that are listening. They've got 98 AZs, which is I don't know the historical accuracy probably though. Um the Vickers helmets that'll probably come later cuz this is 1920. Ooh. Um a friend of ours has one of those. Fucking so cool. Okay. Um <laughs> For those of you that don't know what a Vickers helmet is, it's a World War One German helmet that was uh, M18 pattern, I think. It was 16. built by a com- Vickers or 16. That was built by a company in uh, or made by a company in England. And they're literally a, a German Stahlhelm, but the Irish. They weren't them. made in England. They were well, yeah, they were. Well, Vickers yes, Vickers, them, right? yes, okay. Um, but they were the Irish wore them because the Brits were yep. like, "Yeah, look, we're any fucking." fucking uh helmet worn by the germans i ain't gonna do that well that makes more sense but also the vickers helmets were made very shittily by the way um yep but no so they had g98s it's like so where do you get the ammo for that which is fine because like they didn't expend a shitload of rounds in the film you know but it's like well that's gonna be a discrepancy but like yeah you're you're a fucking paramilitary organization at this point and but th- they also captured a shitload of uh smles there's multiple times in the film where they just like walk into a police station and yeah they, and they, they, they just the grab them and then, <laughs> but the, yeah, they never saw them grabbing like, the uh, ammo which is gonna it, that's heavier than the fucking guns if you look this one scene where like they have all the bandoliers over the guns i thought it was kind of interesting what, um, yeah Agreed. what was that webley snub nose thing Mike? that's a mark four mark four yeah okay. it's a mark four yeah. yep i'd never seen one that's that the, short before no, that's a Mark IV, and that, that's why they, they didn't have the velocity and the range. Right. Um, they, they still fired the 455. It's the Boer War era one. Or there, there was, a, was there one between the Boer War and World War I? Can't well, the Mark VI came out, and that was a bigger... That's what Indiana Jones carries. And I ha- 15. I think 1915, the Mark VI came out, right? It was during the war. I don't know if it was 15 or whatever, but like... That, that was a Mark IV, I'm, I'm, I'm 99% sure. I could be wrong. Okay. We'll go to IMDb. Yeah, IMDb. Yeah, 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 we'll, yeah, we'll go to that. And then to, to I, I also, to, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I, I was just gonna say I found out what the production cost was and what it. What yeah. It okay. What is it? Um. So it had a budget of total. Excuse me. I had a burp. Uh, eight point three million dollars. Okay. Wow. It came out with a worldwide box office of twenty five million. Cool. Three. That's yeah. So a big, Good big invest or big, uh, big profit margin there. Well, yeah, and it's like it, it's not a bad film at all because it's like no. the acting is good. All right, and the it acting was, is it was good. Made, it was made by IFC, so the, it was cast so well. As well. Yeah, I was, I was gonna say it's it's made by IFC, which might explain some of the independent film uh, look to it. A yeah. Bit. Okay. So yeah. yeah. The only thing I thought was lacking, where I was like, okay, this is a low budget movie, was some of the gunplay. The biggest one was the execution scene. That just seemed yeah, that was that was like you know you can't just go up behind his head and fucking put one in his head. Well, just yeah, but not even that though. Just the way it was, they they shot him everything. I don't know. That was the only point in the film. I was just like, okay, I see, I see where it's a they're they're missing something. You know, right. like they're relying wise. on the acting, but and, and like him kind of yeah. like freaking out pacing, which is actually legitimate. I, I did like that. Yeah, touch. Yeah. But this is before like he's really becomes his own as an actor. Right. Silly, you know. Yeah. So like I could see this behavior like in Peaky Blinders later on, which yes. he nails. But this is like I think the first time where he really 
had a role like this. So it's funny to see the right. the, the crumbs. Right, and, and it, it's yeah. So those two is like, well, yeah, you could have spent the extra couple bucks, but you didn't. But that's need, like, it's but still that's works. like that's like super nitpicking because I mean, like, oh, like, yeah. oh my god, like, yeah, it doesn't. If two scenes are kind of hokey in a nine or two hour long film, that's nothing. Yeah. But it was funny how it just like just that one scene I was like even yeah, you know even with the gunplay even lacking I mean it, the scenes and the tension and the setups and everything build and carry them themselves the other thing I really was impressed with was the set design yep. yeah you know the buildings they're all period looking and even in towns yep. when they have it all this I didn't see anything out because normally I look for that stuff because I'm a nerd I was looking for like you know telephone poles street poles stuff that stuck out. In the city, the guy driving around reprieve. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Like nothing, nothing poked out. At least, in, uh, at least the first page. Now I'm sure if I scanned it frame by frame, I could find something. But in terms of the iner- first initial thing, like, like that, the kind of kangaroo court with, um, well, the guy called it kangaroo court. It's not really kangaroo court, but where they did the <laughs> Irish, they's like you need to pay her the money instead yeah. of vice versa. Like when I was mm-hmm. looking in the town scene for that and seeing if there's anything that stood out, and I liked it, uh, but I couldn't see anything. But like, yeah, like it was, it was very cool, and, um, yep uh yeah i i got the sets were sick even the burning but you can but i I, one of the things that i can tell was kind of like a lower budget indie film at least to me is and it could be just the 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 nitpicking that i'm picking out but when a shot holds for too long almost like trying to get all the action to me it and and i can understand this on this part it was like when the house was burning down they kind of held that shot long also in the beginning when they're stripping them down it seemed to be all from one take and one angle it seemed very much of that one side and that just comes from like hey editing projects like i am now i understand why that probably was done because either didn't have a continuity different angle and or the house is more burned before they could set up for the next shot so it's a continuity thing so again that just comes down to how many cameras do you have on set, how many cameras do you have on coverage, because they might have had the second camera covering Killian and everyone behind the um, the wood line, you know, prior to the burning, and then focusing the second camera on the house. So there's just a lot of things that I could notice. It's like if they had more budget or more cameras, it's like they could get more and more of that kind of angle and the closeness. But again, that is super yep. nitpicky and super just, you know, fine-tuning. I love just everything about that, this movie all the way around. To to uh just touch on that quick so yeah i like the cinematography a lot in this film i think they they really fill the frame you know how they should but there were a few scenes i kind of liked it and it kind of what you're talking about neat like you see one in the beginning where they're stripping him down mm-hmm. and they're like look down don't talk to me well that whole interaction between the guy speaking gaelic and the one tan and um uh, black and tan guy like happens out of frame yeah because, that's like, what i mean like, and that he's yeah. looking the guy's like talking to a guy out of frame and I was like, what the fuck's going on? But then when I noticed what they were doing, I thought that was kind of cool because like it's very early in the film. They're trying to show that his convictions are growing. You know, he hasn't really picked a side yet. So I thought that was kind of cool. It was like you can see the guy yelling, but it's happening. To somebody you else. also were focusing on so, Killian and the guy who was speaking Gaelic and not English. So exactly, so, so yeah. like it, it's letting you focus. So I, I understand why they did it. And it doesn't. It mm-hmm. didn't take away from it. Those complaints that I just made, they don't take away from it. It just was like an oh, interesting, yeah. kind of like yep. what you see in kind of more lower budget films. And that's not. Yeah, it's bad. just an observation. It's just, it's just yeah. an observation. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And and no, I, but yeah, yeah, but yeah. Like I like I like what you mean. I like what you're other, saying though. Other way, other times, I think it would be a cheap trick. As you said, like, oh fuck, we didn't get 
use camera two for this scene. What are we going to do to make it work? But I feel like it was done on purpose here and in a good way. Yes, I you know, agree. Just like a, a, any other time, I'd be like, why are you talking off frame? Mm-hmm. But I'm just like, oh, it's it's just interesting. You know, there was some thought that went into this. So, but eight million. What, what was Midway? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> What hundred million? Wasn't that it? I think it was a hundred million. No, I think th- this was. film is by far kicks the shit out of Midway. Um, I, Nate, I think you're you're low on that still, though. I think it was a hundred million was the budget. I think double check. It was something like it was something ridiculous like that. Yeah, yeah. it was some high end number. Yep, a hundred yeah, million. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, Pearl Harbor was one hundred thirty-two million. Well, yeah, but, but <laughs> well, there we're you go. To, we're sticking to the win the shakes the barley. The wind shakes the barley. Um, so, but uh, no, it, you know, overall, it's like, yeah, you can nitpick little things, and like, I, you know, I got, I got some things with the guns they use, blah, 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 the way they were carrying them. Okay. Yeah, but and the, like the ambush scene and the setup for that, I was kind of like, how would you not see the fuck out of those guys? But okay. Oh uh, well, yeah. actually, they, they took an hour to place them everywhere. Well, no, <laughs> they they actually uh. <sighs> If you take God. a if you take another look at it, it's like what yes, the fuck are okay, you doing? yes, but like they, they put them behind. Con- <laughs> Here's the thing: they put them. It's behind- movie. It's movie cover and concealment, not real cover and concealment. So I understand that. But. No, they put them behind concealment. They put them behind cover in all our respects. And here's the thing: if you don't have both, because cover and concealment are two different things. Yep, and they had concealment, which is fine. You can use that for an ambush. That's why one of the guys got killed, right? Yeah. With this ambush of two vehicles, you don't necessarily need cover. You need fire superiority. Okay. Yeah. And they had that with the Lewis gun that may or may not have worked. Who gives a shit? But they they had that there, and they also had they were shooting down into a valley. Okay. You don't necessarily need cover at that point. You just need concealment where they're not going to see you. Okay. No, I no, I know that. I just I would pick better concealment, but that's just me. Well, it wasn't bad from my my opinion. Like, it wasn't terrible. Like, obviously, like yeah, it's Hollywood or not not, not Hollywood, but like it's it's a film. They're gonna be like, oh yeah, this little this little cluster of fucking grass. If if you, you sit- want if if you want to showcase it on a film, you don't have to take the same steps as you would have to do it in real life and i understand that and that is that that's just to me it's like going the extra step to actually pick it like it would be in real life well that was in real life because they weren't well trained that's the thing is like they weren't well trained they had have you had the idea i'm sorry brian but like yeah sorry yeah uh have you ever set up an ambush nate me yes i mean fake ass reenacting yeah but i I, you know i'm I, i haven't done it in real life life I've done it now. I've done it in real life. I've had friends have done it in real life. I've done it in airsoft sometimes. But if you're really good at doing ambush, you put everybody in place and then you walk down the path of your enemy and you correct things. Because I don't know how that's many what times I do. That, that's that. what I do with yeah, reenacting. And then you point yeah. out everybody like, okay, you know, and because I like that. Yeah. Because you have time. The thing about, you know, when you're fighting an occupational force is you fight on your terms. So you have the time to have walk down a path and say, Hey, fucking O'Donnelly, put your fucking arm in. Right, yeah. You know, yeah. like, don't fucking, you know, come out over there. You know, like, so you have, I like that. I thought that was cool. I thought it was a realistic thing because I've literally done that. I've, like, walked down the path I thought they were going to take and be like, okay, you, 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 get the fuck out of the way. You know, so. 
but to touch on what Mike said, you know, again, they're, they're just not trained and they need this extra time. They, you have to have a set piece battle if you're going to win. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't have everything planned, then their training will, will, will take over. And the other part about that, too, is that half of the enemy force is destroyed with one grenade. <laughs> so, you yeah, know, they really, uh, they really just cut their numbers down. Well, that, that grenade was, no. Yeah. <laughs> Look, Mike, a, all he was missing was pulling it with his teeth. You know, I mean, come on. It's a film, like. No, it's Ireland, so you were like pulled it with his like I don't know Guinness shillelagh. <laughs> he pulled it with his bottle opener is what he would have done. Been like, yeah, right. See, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, we're gonna pull this open here. I'm gonna pull it open with my bottle opener. Bam. <laughs> yeah. Long live the republic. Put my little Mark Six here. Yeah. And all the Irish people that are listening are gonna be like, God damn, his accent's fucking terrible. You do it a Midwest American accent flawlessly and i'll fucking concede but that's not the point. i enjoy cheese and dairy products <laughs> i do <laughs> wisconsin cheese and dairy is amazing so fuck yourself i come from milwaukee wisconsin <laughs> i do not milwaukee is a city i live in real wisconsin where there's trees and land fucker are you going to say rough again, or are we going to have this conversation over? <laughs> You've earned yourself another cock punch, Nate. You've earned yourself what another cock punch. What am I up silence. to, like, three in real life? It's just gonna four. Be- You're up to four, four now. You're four? up to four. Okay. We're, yeah. we're going to go to the premiere of Reveille, and it's going to be like, what's up, Nate? Well, bam! Yeah. <laughs> Haymaker! Any- well, bam. Anyway, uh... No, like they're so all they're I said ambush- was the cheese in Wisconsin wasn't that good. God, because you never had it, and I, I, I won't, I won't react to that. You just never had it. He's a cheese hipster. It's fine. Dude, I'm a cheese hipster. <laughs> yes. The best you've gotten is Vermont cheese, and it's like okay, it's okay. Well, luckily, we have we have you on bagels and pizza and deli meat and good uh, Italian. Who food gives a fuck? <laughs> Asian. Who gives uh, a fuck? Vietnamese. We've got the best fucking yeah. dairy products in the goddamn continental United States. Well, actually, no, the United States. The United yeah. States. So, <laughs> fuck yourself. Fuck Vermont. You guys are okay at what you do. I don't want you to stop your production, but you're not the best at dairy. Um, but anyway, uh, we're, we're getting off topic here. Well, I was just trying to do a, a correct minnesotan accent yeah minnesotan accent you know no you know uh to tell you the truth bud you know we've got some pretty good dairy up here you know wisconsin does are a little better but uh yeah you know i i don't want to talk too much trash on my fellow states here bud but uh yeah wisconsin they do oh, yeah. best. they do her oh, best yeah. yeah oh yeah <laughs> I can't wait till you go to Ireland with your fucking Minnesota accent. No, 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 no. We're over here. Hey. Gonna have the uh, the Guinness right here. Here, listen uh, here, over fuck here stick. in Dublin. I've been to Ireland. I've had a Guinness in Ireland. It's fucking different and amazing uh, oh, it than it is here. But, but but no, when I go to any any part of the fucking world that speaks English, right? First, second, third language. They can understand my Just accent. They start speaking Fargo. No, they can understand my accent. They understand everything I'm saying because I fucking enunciate. I'm very clear. You clown. All right. Anyway, back to ambushes. <laughs> You're personally attacking it. Speaking of an ambush, I'm Jesus to talk Christ. About fucking ambushes here. <laughs> and we're talking about cheese. 
and dairy well, and who has the best ch- who gives a fuck we're talking about ambushes <laughs> what are we doing are we we're talking egging, about ambushes we're, we're egging you on that's what we're doing yeah, well, no shit dick lock what was your first fucking clue this conversation got pretty cheesy so. <laughs> Fucking Christ. Fried cheese curds, by the way. You guys have both never had them. When you guys actually eventually come out here, you'll have fried cheese curds. So and those you will like mozzarella up. sticks or the- no, 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 no. Fish sticks. Yeah. Fish no. Sti- yeah. yeah. When you when you when you fucking clowns come out here, eventually, we'll have fried cheese curds and you guys are gonna be like, oh Jesus Christ, you were right. Oh, That's God, all I'm gonna we were, say. We and then were we're, so done wrong. With, we're done with that whole conversation. We're done with the whole dairy conversation. We're done with it. Because that's what it's going to be, and I guarantee you, I'm right. Anyway, that fucking ambush scene, right? Not terrible, not the best, far from the best. Not good. But if you're using, if if you don't have cover for all your guys, and you're using concealment, that's also a fair fucking trade-off. Right. So... And also you have SMLEs. A lot of them did. You had 10 rounds, rapid fire, bam. Also, the guys that were in the IRA did not look like they knew how to work a fucking SMLE action. They were, yeah. So, yeah, if I was an advisor on that film, you know, here's the uh, coulda, woulda, shoulda thing. No, they would have been te- teacup in that shit. Using their their middle finger with the trigger and then... Bam! You're you're uh you're uh you're. What's the correct term for that? Oh, there's a word cupping. for it, right? No, I sorry, that's the first time I've heard that. I've heard another word for it. I gotta remember. Yeah, but like battle sites or something. But there's a. Well, that's what you do in the Mad Minute. Like so, with an SML. I was gonna say yeah. the Mad Minute. Yeah, but that's the only thing I know. But about like, that. but there's an actual term uh, instead of teacup. There might be. There, there might be. Heard, yeah, I and I don't know. But like, it's where you take mm-hmm. you using your middle finger as your trigger finger, right? And you've got your uh, index finger and your thumb on the bolt handle. And as soon as that thing goes off, you go bam and use your index and thumb to go and it's done. Because it's a light action. Yeah. It's incredible how fast you can shoot a a landfield. At at, at the same time, they could have, they could have been going on the same, on the same thinking that I think that you were going on a little bit earlier, Mike, about them not being trained with, with being familiar with that weapon system. Now, now the World War One vets and maybe like if you said like two years later and the same characters going out the same thing, then yeah, I think they'd be more proficient. But in terms of like the kids with the shillelagh sticks, like you know, learning and they get an SMLE, it's like you know, I don't know that they're not shillelagh. No, and and here's the thing: is they uh, they actually uh, did do uh, a good job curling curling stick. stick, Thank you. Yeah, they did do a good job in the film of showing guys that fucking hell. No, what, you, what literally what you just said is exactly what they showed, and that's actually not inaccurate in my opinion. Of like no, and I, them, I thought that was a very good test. Yeah. I, I thought it was a very good outlook on, or not outlook, a very good example of them not having enough supplies and getting familiar with the tactics and how to operate a weapon. They're working without with having have a weapon with no knowledge, yeah. and right. yeah, and that, that that that's that because here's the thing: is like, I mean, I could go grab my SMLE right now and. When I first started shooting bolt guns, that's what I would have done. Okay. Right, yeah. Yeah. And uh, whatever, but like, you'd think that there was at least one Roar One vet that knew that trick, teaching them. But it, again, it's they're in the very again, southern province. 
They're in a very yeah. southern province, and who knows? Because there weren't a lot of Irish vets from the First World War. And and again, with with them cutting from the guy when he shoots his in and in their terms, shoot my fags, get my fag pack again. It's like you know, yeah. You they we could just assume they probably showed them something like that with the cut, and then they, the training keeps going. So like again, like so I think it'd be very this. I. Yeah, I think it would be very yeah. cool to have that in the film, but we could probably assume that they were teaching them all the tricks and tips that they could of the weapon system as they were being. Well, that was also a guy that was a very good shot and used a G98 to make that shot, by the way. Oh, sorry. I thought that was with the SML. No, that's G98. And yeah. um, which is fine because that's also a fantastic fucking rifle. I've actually never fired the the G98. I've only fired a K98. Roller coaster sights. Yeah, I've oh, never, dude, I've never yeah, seen you, one actually. Well, again, we'll get to, we'll get together eventually, and um, you can. I love my SMLE, my my lower one one. I love that. Yes, it's it's a fantastic sight, and I love that. G98s are pretty comparable. They're a lot heavier and longer than a SMLE, but they're really nice firearms. They're, they're, People always talk about K98s and stuff because of World War II, whatever. But G98s, they they're really for what they are, they're fucking. Gorgeous. Do you like Do you like the sight picture on the World War One SMLE or the World War Two one better, Mike? Uh, I, I like Ghost Rings oh, better, sorry. so I like the number four sights better. That's that's the that's the sight that goes up and yeah, down, true. right, with the elevation. Yep. Yep. Right. Yeah, I like that sight better. Keep sight. But it's I'm also on the rear of the receiver. It's not on the fucking barrel. Right. I, I, yeah, I like yeah, it. Yeah. Just, like just like an M17. Yeah, I like I like a short eye relief for my rear sight. Same on on yeah. a rifle. Um, that's just personal preference though. Like I can hit shit with my SMLE, my my number one Mark III. Same star. with me. Yeah. Um, I can hit I can hit shit with that. It's a great rifle, but like to get the yeah. finute the finute measurements, I prefer the the four sights with that better. Well, you don't even need that. Yeah. Like my first deer rifle ever in the world was an, a Canadian number four Mark One Star, uh, mm-hmm. Long Branch. Long Branch, yeah, nice Canadian. And um, that thing is like my best shot in the world. I'm not going to say it right here because it's a long story. But like <laughs> my best shot that I ever took deer hunting was with that. However, I've taken some pretty good shots of the k98 which has a long eye relief yeah you know like it, although it's i hate the... i hate the 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 the, the so, post the fuck the, well it's a battle before, site that's the problem that was what i'm saying thank you before we move on so nate do you know there are minute adjustments on an smle site there's a little wheel the on the right three side or the, the rear four side. the three the three yes the wheel yeah, on, on the, the left right and side. right of adjustment right yep yes yeah if you if you turn it and you don't push the button uh-huh. each turn is 50 meters or, or or something it's very small increments but they actually there's a there's a to way go to up or down SMLE rear side uh, or both but if you look it, the right side there's like a little scroll i'm gonna have to go get mine there. after this and go back with you mine. have to look it up but yeah you can use your thumb and you just very carefully you can turn it and yep. it just pushes it a little bit i didn't know that it's like very incredibly i didn't know about it too until i really looked into leanne fields and stuff like two years ago mm. but there is a fine sided judgment on a number three um it's just very hard number to one use. mark three yeah but uh oh yeah it's yeah. um no an smle yeah, 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 yeah but here's the thing is like that there's nothing wrong with that site except here's the thing i don't i don't like the 1903 rifle either the u.s one because it's a long eye relief very pre- very precise target site but that but that that adjustment increment's really cool though right it is but like, like like in comparison to other I like rifles, the sight protector I, like that. I can shoot really good with a sight protector in the three and i can't when it's not on there 
because that ring, you know, the the hooded sight just really. So anyway, on on in the film, they're using G ninety eights, K ninety eight AZs, and K ninety eights, which yeah, we'll get an IFTD soon. What the fuck, but, yeah. but, um, AZs? It's it, it was the, the carbine, carbine version that was made oh. for. It's got a stacking swivel on the bottom. The oh, that's one, what that thing. giant thing was. Okay, I was gonna yeah. ask Mike that question. That's that stocking swivel or... thing. Yeah, stormtroopers, oh, engineers. Yeah, you name it. So. That reminds me quick. So we have a friend of ours we'll have on eventually. He's writing a book about Sergeant York and the other guys that were there. And uh, he's talking about the battle. Or we talked to him about the battle that happened with Sergeant York and um, the, the guys for his Medal of Honor event. And um, he's come to the conclusion, he's pretty sure of that there were no German machine guns used in that engagement. And um, the veterans, when they talk about it, they say that there was all of a sudden all this firing and it was crazy and stuff. And well, there was about 60 guys shooting each other with bolt-action rifles in a little valley. Right. So, I mean, you get a minute or two of that, you know, consistent rates of fire, you're going to think there's a machine gun there. Yeah. So to bring it back to this whole ambush and stuff, I mean, again, it's all about volume of fire. Right. And you get that's what they had. 10 novices with, with 10 rounds in a magazine. It doesn't – who cares if they take 5 seconds or 10 seconds to get through the mag? They're still putting those rounds down range. Yeah. And they're still overwhelming your enemy. And you're you're you done. If, so especially if you're in a valley. Mm-hmm. If you're in a valley oh, on yeah. a road in an open position mm-hmm. where everybody can see you. You're fucked. You're fucked. Yeah. You're you're done. Like that's the worst possible place to be in in an ambush. Is yeah. in a valley on a road in an open vehicle with nothing protecting you. And it's like it's like the outpost, but worse. <laughs> Well, the outpost was that. It was just you weren't yeah. you weren't moving. You were stationary. Yeah, yeah. Which is probably they, even more fucked. To be right. It's like they, they know <laughs> they where know you are script. and you're not moving. So it's like, well, yeah, they're yeah. just going to keep. Then they can bring in artillery. That's the cool thing. In an ambush oh, like this, yeah. like you're not going to bring in mortars, artillery. Generally speaking, uh, you're just going to bring in rifles. And they had rifles. They had a lot. They had the numbers, and they had the rifles, and they can do that. And they did it. And so, yeah, that's like if you're hiding behind grass, well, that's still concealment. Like in the infantry, they teach you, like like I just said, there's cover and concealment. You may not always be able to have cover, which is going to protect you from rounds impacting. But concealment is very valuable as well because it can hide you from what you do. If, if you're hiding from the enemy or you're camouflaging yourself from the enemy until a certain point. I ambush. I, I just, just a personal thing, Mike, are you saying, yeah. are you saying concealment's preferable to cover? Cause I thought it was cover preferable to not at all. It, it's what you have to work with. No, I know the situation like cover depends. cover is, uh, is always, but I'm like, but preferable? like, but like, but like if you, if, if you're like looking and there's immediate, like there's something going or there's something that you think might be happening, well, what's the first thing you go to? And it's always should be cover, not concealment, because concealment doesn't block bullets. It depends. Yeah, but that, that's before the lead starts flying. What's your situation? That's before the lead starts flying. So there's a bunch yeah. of metaphors. Maybe I'm, com- wa- maybe I'm confusing that with when the lead starts flying. What do yes. you go for? Maybe I'm Hard confusing Hard soft that, cover. Yeah. yeah, well. Rock or a tree, you know, like rock. Rock all the way. Tree. No, goes right through the tree. There's a bunch of acronyms I could, I could, I could, yeah, there's a bunch of acronyms I could throw out, like Metisio, Coca, and all that shit, and like to find them. But like, basically, it's whatever is the best opportunity for you to inflict the most amount of like an ambush. 
your whole goal is to inflict the most amount of damage as, as quickly as, as possible. possible. Yep. And that's it. Like that, that yep. that's it. That's why they open up. Like, I think they opened up in the film. I I, I forgot with Lewis. They opened gun, up but, when the, when the, when, no, they opened up when Teddy one hand revolver. Yeah. Okay. The so that, that was yeah. the initiator the dispatch. But then, then the Lewis gun opens up and they've got it. Ideally they should have a, a direct fucking line of fire. Cause that's your most casually producing weapon is your, your yep. machine gun. Right. Yep. And LMG that, that goes off. Yep. And then you've got your rifles and bam. So they didn't necessarily film this the best way, I think. But the ambush was set up the best they could because if you're all behind cover, you're also not close to the target that's in true. this case. Yeah. And so true. there's a lot of factors that go into um, setting up and planning an ambush. And in this case, I don't want to say this it was case, a- the amount, the amount of damage out uh, is, is oh, the amount of damage as fast as possible is, uh, overrides the ability to be completely cover to be in complete cover and protected because the goal right. is to put as much damage as fucking possible and on the target to wipe it out before they have a chance to recover and and figure right. out a way to and they only take had you two out. vehicles yeah. if they would have had like a whole convoy right yeah you're not hiding behind grass you're going to be hiding right, behind yeah. rocks it's going to take longer you know, blah blah. Your machine could open up on the first vehicle. We can go on the. We can go on this for hours. We can go on a like, huge tangent. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. like, but no. So the way they set that up with knowing that only two vehicles are going to be there, it works because right, yeah. then the guys that are behind concealment still have a straight line of fire, and they can also stand up after the initial right, yeah. volley. You know, blah blah. So I don't think that ambush was totally fucked. And like the way they they presented it, like they, they laid it out. I don't I don't I don't think it was that bad. No no no. Of all the movies of all the movies we've seen, I don't think it's it's a bad interpretation. As well as the fact that I don't think they had a working accurate uh, Lewis gun to showcase. So they did the best they could with what they had. The uh, the last factor to take into here, and this is you know, I think of Fury when I talk about this. But like, there's a scene in Fury where they're um, attacking the tree line where the, they have an anti tank gun and stuff. Yeah, and they have Shermans going rescuing the the doughboys or whatever, which they never call them that. But um, you know, so they're going through the field. They pick up the guys. All Shermans are like five feet away from each other. Yeah. as they're going through the field. Now, in reality, would that happen? Fuck no. You'd have like at least the football field between. Oh, Shermans we've talked and about you this. Be going that slow. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. what I'm saying is, is that the reason they did that was because that's how they could have gotten it on frame. That's how they could have shot. And I yep. think only... I said that at the beginning of this whole conversation was that you, was the you, way you, you have to interpret it on film versus. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. So again, just just to cycle it so, back yeah. and say I'm not like I'm, yeah. yeah, just one that's like so. Yeah. Yep. I think they did a pretty happy medium of just like realism versus okay, people are in frame because you, that's the thing yeah. that I always have to remember for myself because as I do films and stuff, it's like okay, this is cool and it would happen X Y Z, but you can't a camera can't see that X Y Z. So you have to play the game of like you know making it work, and I think that they they did a good job with that here. It yeah, I would think they, I, is, I would say they did a better job of making it more realistic than yeah, like um getting it in frame because they also showed hey you go here you go there and they showed a wide yeah. shot of like where the All guys the, were and, and and the hand signals to to let you know where each well element those was were within the fucking, scene it's well but yeah that, that but, 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 but like that, that but, but like the, training so yeah. 
Right, but to but to then to showcase where all these elements are within the scene, so you know yep. where those individual yep. parties are, so you have a sense of the placement and the actual where and right. how, what's in the scene in the whole entire general reason. That's why I think this this ambush was a lot better than is shown in a lot of films. Yes, especially a hasty ambush. This what that's what yes. this is. It's a yep. hasty ambush, I and agree. I won't I won't get into like the nitty-gritty shit because it takes forever to like um yeah exactly uh (laughs) but it was a hasty ambush and they filmed it well and it went off and they still had a casualty yeah you're gonna get that in an ambush what what are you you're gonna you're gonna suffer casualties like yeah they're gonna shoot back ideally they won't but it's probably gonna happen and so this film actually portrayed like a very hasty ambush with very poorly trained individuals quite well because they laid the fire on they did their thing it was over fairly quickly too Mm -hmm. people get shot pretty quick yeah (laughs) nice to see in a movie you know right yeah because like that's the thing is is like in films they want the firefight to just be over like this What's a firefight? Because and, guns are cool, right? Especially modern guns, and you want to see modern guns shooting all the time. But in yeah, an ambush, like, yeah, usually that fire is done pretty quickly. Two mags, maybe. But a firefight <laughs> lasts fucking hours, days, like whatever. But so th- yeah, so overall, the actual ambush scene, like the the build up, the execution, the aftermath, I'd give that like an eight out of ten for being pretty good. Just that scene alone. Just the scene alone. Okay. Just the scene alone. Yeah. Um, if, you, yep. if you look for this movie, that's the most watched scene. Oh, is it? Go to YouTube. Yeah. Everybody's like uh, the one that shakes the bar of the ambush. Because it is one of the better scenes, too, for the Irish Civil War. Like as far as SMLEs and, and stuff. Yeah. And, um, so it is like the high. It's like a it's like a gold standard as far as like, you know, combat for this war. Uh, that scene. I, I, I have a question just to, I guess, to kind of change pace. In terms of Irish IRA movies, how many other movies have you seen of I know the I know IRA still spans till even now, but I mean, you know, where does it you know, where, and of all the films that kind of speaks out to you of what is an IRA movie, what what movies jolt out to you the first and then I have a follow up question on that. There's different eras, that's the problem. Yeah. So like when I think about this era yeah. of like it, I think the first film I think of is Michael Collins. With uh, Liam Nielsen and uh, Liam Neeson. Uh, did I say Nielsen? Sorry, Neeson, yeah, Neeson, Liam and Neeson. Um, Alan which Rickman, right? Is, yeah. yeah, which is forever ruined for me because of Come Town, the podcast, when they talk about fucking Liam Neeson. Oh, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, so I, Michael Collins, I think about because it's just it's a really good movie and it just talks about it gets even deeper into this whole divide between you know the Easter um, sixteen, the Easter Revolution, the Rising. And those guys that wanted to start the IRA and then the people that sided with the treaty and not. And so that's like my gold standard for this later on, you know, for the troubles, because, you know, the Irish war happens and then it's bad in the twenties and the thirties. Cause it stops in 23 and then it's really bad. Um, it kind of cools down during world war two and then it gets really bad in the sixties. And that's when they, something called the trouble starts, which is in Northern Ireland where like, you know, Protestants and Catholics are at each other's throats for 30 years right um what like there was one time where the queen came and they were throwing bricks at the queen like it was bad and that was really early on in the troubles um but so like as far as a film like that like the 60s the 70s the grittiness 
71. It's a film that came out a few years ago, and it's about this true story. Where are the guns, you Finian bitch? He got lost, um, like in the slums. That's for you, Sean. There you go. Get out. Yeah, right. But no, so I'd say either um, Michael Collins or 71. Those are the what, two um, that I, I gravitate towards. And there's other what, ones what, too, bad what's ones. What's the Daniel Day know? Lewis one? Where he's I running in the that. streets and it's like a BPM's chasing him or whatever. Gangs in New York? In no. <laughs> uh-huh. First IRA movie. Uh-huh. That was a joke. In the name of, uh-huh. the, name of the father? It, that might be it, yeah. I've only seen clips. Of I think, Sorry, Mike, that caught I think me that's the one guard. with... Uh, <laughs> That's the one with like Tom. Oh no, it's not him. Uh, Brad Pitt, and he's got like an AK, and he's shooting up. Yeah, I think. Yeah. So, no, I don't know. I don't know. I clips. I've only seen clips of 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 Daniel Daylos like running through like the alleyways, and he's like running, and then he starts like a riot, and there's like this whole like thing with it, and I don't know. Someone will probably say, "Yeah, it is." Yeah. Um. Yeah. There's there's a whole scene in the beginning where like uh fucking, <laughs> fucking gangs. Brad Pitt just like guns down a ton of people. It's like a good five, ten minutes of comedy. I mean, technically, there's an Irish movie, presence but... in that movie, Mike, so you're not wrong. So, That's a great fucking no, movie, I, I, by the way. I, oh, yeah, no, it it's a great movie. Well, I was going to yeah. mention it earlier when we were talking about the riots. Because, again, we always go back and forth about like, what's the, the, the beating. Technically, that's a Civil War movie because it falls under yeah. the riots that happened during, yeah, um, during the war. This, yeah, exactly. You know? yeah. So, yeah. so A great film. So I... I've been to the five points too. Listen, or whatever. I don't give a tuppenny fuck about you, Mark Conundrum, you meat-headed shit sack. <laughs> <laughs> I love the ending of that movie where they sh- they show the skyline of Manhattan from Jersey City, and like you know, oh, the time, so the, built the up. time progression, yeah. yeah. Um, because again, you just don't realize that. What 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 what, what, is, what is what is what is Irish slang he uses? Finian Benz. Is that is it? Oh, I have to rewatch. We're doing off another bends. fucking tangent, boys. Sorry. Okay. All right. My all right. To follow up on my question, uh, after that, where do you think when Shakes the Barley stands on IRA interpretation? I I I know it's gonna say you're gonna say the same thing of the same thing what you just said, Brian. Where it's like the same era, but in terms of, did you say that when when Shakes the Barley is below the one you said the the Phil Collins one, just on par Phil, with Michael Phil Collins. Collins. It's really Fuck. good, it's Michael Collins. Phil Collins. Jeez, Christ, I'm tired. Oh, drive Michael easy Collins. lover drive yeah yeah <laughs> um no i mean it's it's right up there and it's interesting mm-hmm. i mean it uses a the name of this of the movie the wind that shakes the barley mm. is a 1700s poem about a, revol- a revolt in ireland in the late 1700s. don't they sing about um, is and, it, isn't that what she's singing though no she's singing yes, the gold barley it, though that's that's, that's, that's and it's interesting one, yeah. because they they used to call them barleys or, or you shake the barley because the guys that were in the rebellion uh most of their rations were barley right they'd stuffed in their pockets right so as they were marching down the road the barley would shake and that's where the the, the name right and sting also wrote so a song it, it's very, and sing a song called uh fields of barley and that was very yep. relevant mm-hmm to yeah yeah and the original the song is actually about this guy really? who's about to leave his girlfriend <laughs> to go to war in the um you know uh in the rebellion so it's it's very you know it's good for the movie because it shows that there's a divide so what's up did was was i just like making a joke and like it it actually was realistic and like why did sting make that song <laughs> don't know <laughs> yeah okay there you go yeah okay all right so you see another sound bite 
Yeah, it's fields of barley. Good, good tune, by the way. It's very kind of depressing, but like, yeah, it's just a good movie. Uh, yes, yes, it, it and it has more right. combat too from the era as well. Uh, yeah, it, it's very, it's very. Uh, they didn't overdo it, I think, on the combat, which is good. Like, no, it had, a, it had, a, it had a good amount of combat and political. I, I, I would say it does a very good job. This movie. We'll make sure, make sure, make sure we say that the, <laughs> when they shook the barley, it's got a very good. Um, it does a very good job of trying to put you in the shoes of someone of that time period with the political strife of that era. Yeah, because it's something that we don't yeah. understand because we were not in that era. So we don't. It, it's very hard to make an audience understand their strife if you're not. If you don't have any reference to it, so right? And also, we, we haven't fought. We, we haven't fought our revolution from the British government since 1814. So, right, yeah, we don't know. But the last one. Uh, yeah, notice how I didn't say 1776. Well, Weird, right? <laughs> What's interesting too, I wanted to bring this up, was that so later on in the movie they talked to some of the guys that like, you know, were black and tans and stuff. And the one guy that keeps saying, you know, I was just following orders. Well, yeah, and that yeah. really made me laugh. Because, you know, I, I understand the sentiment. It's been beaten to death because of the Nuremberg, you know, trials and everything, you know. But I thought it was just, it was interesting yeah. to have that happen 25 years before the Second World War. <laughs> you know, to be a guy like, listen, I was just following orders. Like, what do you want me to do about it? Like, I'm pushing my actions up. Do above. you know how many times um, those words have been uttered? by people who have committed atrocities oh, throughout history tons it's it's tons. going it's, it's going to be happening another... in the next like it's happening now actually but yeah right, it's but still yeah. another movie that's not a second world war film that uses that you know and i thought that was very uh, cool yeah very that's a good point right now i can't think of you know, anything but like it was just, yeah it's yeah. I, I was just following orders and it's like you could say that for the american civil war you could say it for fucking any any Anybody. conflict that you know shit went really bad and things just got really fucked up and and then their 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 scapegoat is gonna be i was just following orders well that's why the milgram experiment was tested on several people from different backgrounds different socioeconomic uh classes everything and they were like well how the fuck does this happen Mm -hmm. well fascinating oh milgram experiment to me is like one of the most powerful because that's is that the same or is that different from the stanford prison oh it's different very different um okay it's well can you can you describe to me what that is because i don't know what that is. the milgram experiment was you know either at least off the top of my head so the milgram experiment was um conducted in the 60s or early 70s that's the electric one yes i know which one yes where yeah they they'd put um, people on one side of a of a wall and they'd have somebody wearing a lab coat and they would say all right so you've got another person involved in the experiment on the other side of this wall sitting in a chair they're hooked up to electrical probes blah 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 and we're going to ask them or you're going to ask them questions and if they get it wrong you have to zap them and each time they get a question wrong the voltage increases well there's nobody on the other side of the wall, but these people don't know that. And so they're brought in and that's kind of like what Bill Murray does to that guy in Ghostbusters. They were also told that whatever they did, they would <laughs> Sorry, not have any rem- that was my that was my that was my connection yeah. to that. Sorry. So like 
Yeah, that that basically they'd shock people and that nothing would happen. Well, and all they had to do was decide yep. morally if they were going to push. Right, the and so most the of them, decision was taken most out. Most of them it. got through to the point where the recorded voice was screaming bloody murder, like you got to stop this right now. And then they'd look at the they'd look at the person in the lab coat who was not a doctor, no credentials. They were just a person involved in the experiment as well. And they go, uh, they're they're hurting. I I don't want to. And they're like, well. We have to continue the experiment. This is for the sake of the experiment. So you have to do this. And they're like, okay. And they would, they'd follow on to where, when they would press the button, they'd hear like a, a fucking sound, but they wouldn't hear the person. And then they would just keep reading the questions. Like they could hear oh. the person was like dead oh, or, okay. you know, whatever, but they right, would still, yeah. the last one it said kill. I think it literally like had a skull and cross. I, I don't, I don't, I don't I think, think it, a, a lot. A, I don't think it had that. I'm pretty sure. I don't think it had that because maybe my college textbook was wrong, but I think like 60% of people went to the end. They went to the highest. Oh, it was degree. more than 60. Um, in wow. the original experiment, um, there was one dude happened to be probably from Ireland. Cause he spoke with an, he's from Ireland or Scotland that, got about halfway through when the person was like right you know the the, the recording was like writhing in pain and he just goes I, I i can't do this anymore and they're like we have to like for the, for the sake of the experiment we have to do this and he goes i'm done i'm done i'm not fucking doing this anymore one person mm -hmm. out of like i don't remember the original sample they did but it was it was very few people it was like in the upper 90 percentile of like people just followed through to the end because they were told yep. by somebody wearing a lab coat that it was for the sake of the experiment. I think they did that in my state because I remember um, reading about it and the people that they got, like you said, were just normal, average. Correct. And they're like, from, they're from different. Yeah. It was at Yale. Yep. It so, was in New Haven. They, yeah. they, they, they did it in the town of New Haven and it was, it's a working class town. So they got old people. They got, young yep, people. exactly. The whole spectrum. And it was like, really most of thoughts. them followed through with it like the the vast fucking majority yep. followed through with it and because they were trying to they were trying to figure out we're, we're off on a tangent here but um mm -hmm. it's educational no but it is it's like it's That's like so <laughs> they were uh, people were trying to understand how the the nazi party uh convinced all these people to allow the holocaust and like go through with it to exist that's what they were trying to do. They were like, "How the fuck the, did the Holocaust the following, exist?" The following orders. I was just right. doing and, this. That's what they were so trying yeah, exactly. To I was following orders, like because it's that. And then, um, it, you know, it's insane. Like, but everybody's like, "I would never do that." You know, it's like, well, you actually you would. fucking would. <laughs> There's a high percentage chance that you would. It's and because I think it's relevant just to bring it up. So the Stanford Prison Experiment, which was also done at Yale, yes, um, around the same time. So basically the they got a bunch of people they recruited them for like this thing like you're going to be doing this three-day exercise and half of them they made into the guards and the other half they made into the prisoners and they wanted to see how long it took for the normal people on the same level to you know view prisoners as prisoners and guards. they wanted to see the hierarchy yep. there. and like within 16 hours it got really bad it like turned into abu grave like no shit and they had to shut it down well they, they also um, they also put on the guards they put they made they had them wear sunglasses Yes, and yep. so they, and they had uniforms and everything. They had they had jail. But that was the big thing is the eye contact was not there, mm -hmm. and so they made them do that. And then, yeah, within sixteen hours, it kind of became a fucked up thing. And then, the uh, quote unquote guards uh, in the experiment 
put these people, like you said, like Abu Ghraib, that they would do fucked up things to them. And then they didn't know when to stop the experiment. And they were like, well, let's see how far. And everybody that was involved with that, guards or prisoners, had long-term trauma from that. After they were decompressed. You see documentaries where they talk to the people that took part yeah. in it like in the 90s, like 30 years after, and they're still talking about yeah, it. Yeah. Like, again, this is this lasted like a day at the most, if I remember No, it correctly. lasted a couple it was, days. It, it lasted short. a few days. Um, but it was half the time it was supposed oh, to. Oh, yeah. No, it was like, way less than it was insane. supposed to. Yeah. It was like, yep. well, yeah, everybody gets food and water, blah, blah, blah. So you're, you're not going to starve. But like they wanted to see, and they would also kind of instigate the guards with certain things like once in a while they would they would mm-hmm. i forgot exactly the terminology like props or something yeah. no, they did they, they, because they, they, they had a routine to follow as well yeah they'd be like you yeah know? you need to do this and then they would do it and so that combined with the milgram experiment really illustrates how susceptible the average person whether you think so or not is totally gonna do that shit if the time comes and it's really and, scary and, and to think about. In addition to, and, you know, and, and doing I, horrible and things. I guess, and I guess to link it back to the movie in question is also that the fact that, you know, how could uh, IRA, how, how could a civil war like that on an I, on, on, a, on a country like Ireland even happen when, and then if you then categorize it like prisoners and inmates, or sorry, guards and inmates, you know, if you, if you, if you replace, you know, um, IRA, guys as prisoners and uh black and tans as um as guards if you think of it that way how could that 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 tinderbox kind of mix and and cause well, that, that right and look at look at the end two. look at the end like yeah. so you've got the guy um uh tommy who was the guy that got his fingernails torn out at the beginning of the film teddy part of the IR- teddy sorry and yeah, uh, okay. mm-hmm. um he got his fingernails pulled out and he did not give up his blah, blah, good guy in, you know, for his comrades in the IRA. And then he decides to put on the uniform of the puppet kind of, we'll just say puppet British government yeah. overseen the Irish military. Yeah. Yeah. To cycle right. back to the conversation. And he's trying had, to work like, with yeah. them. And then, but it's like, you're not talking to Teddy anymore. You're talking to a fucking guy in a uniform. Yeah. And so that, that, that actually does play very well. But does bring it back. So, guys, if you're listening to the podcast, sorry about the rambly shit, but like, hey, it actually does come <laughs> around. So that's kind of why he ordered the execution of, of his shit. own brother. Spoilers, yeah, of his own yeah. brother. He ordered, he ordered it. He literally ordered it and carried it out. And that's how that was in able- like two hours. By the way, what? <laughs> I was like, we'll shoot you when the sun comes up. It's like it's like three in the morning. <laughs> he, yeah and then but he know, wrote like, that's how quick he didn't treason. have like a military tribunal he was just like we're just no it's like we're shooting yeah. you yeah <laughs> what? he forced well, my I mean, hand because he stole weapons and you're found yeah. with a weapon, that's the kind of so. shit but here's the thing is um teddy was just following orders right he's just following orders and he's gonna literally order the death and the follow-through of his brother's death because he's following orders and give out his last will and testament to his like girlfriend wife. Yeah. Because he's family. And, and, like Yep. And, and so it's like yeah, yeah, people can be brainwashed very quickly into anything. I think what it comes down to, and this is uh what they vice say, versa on the other end though as well. 
his brother is stealing weapons, you know, to fight a rebellious cause. On top of that, that's also a form of brainwashing or a side of the brainwashing. As well. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yes. Just, just, correct. just to play devil's advocate, it is uh, Devin or what's his name? Devin? It's, it's uh, uh, Daniel or whatever Damian, his name was. Damien. Damien. Damien is not guilt free in that situation as well. No, it, it's but ideologies. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah. it's, it's, it's an ideology. It's brainwashing to the nth degree, and yeah, so they're both victims of it. Yeah, you know. So sorry, Brian. Be- because cause, no because other than Dan Dan getting shot and Dan being executed is the only thing or Dan being shot is the original thing that stops him from and then makes him be human of let me get him. Why don't kill him? I let me just get him be human. And like that's kinda like what brings him back. Because before that he's shooting guys in the hallway. But because his friend gets hit, it's like that's what brings him back. And yeah. You know, it, it's it's sorry. It's just, it's very interesting to see the character development because that's kind of what snaps into to be a human and not just having. Well, they're black and tans. Let's just fucking kill them. Right. Everyone is a yeah. gangster until gangster shit happens. It's a, it's a very old right, yeah. trope, but it's. But then also that that just accelerates the, you know, you you, you justify and compartmentalize things to justify your predisposed brainwashed position you know oh my friend just got killed or hurt oh this happened this happened well my ideology is more valid now than ever well is it yeah is it sorry to interrupt you brian but i I just want to get that out of my head before i no worries i and it ties into what i'm about to say my favorite quote from uh really any movie is from uh what was it the uh Army of Shadows, a uh, really good resistance film, French resistance movie. We'll get to eventually. But anyway, they, they basically sum up everything with pray your country does not get occupied. Because when your country gets occupied, you have to make these hard decisions. You have to choose sides. You have to do things. And it just is a horrible, bloody mess that takes years to sort out. And, you know, Ireland still hasn't sorted it out. Thank God it's less bloody than it's ever been. Brexit kind of leaves. <laughs> Maybe the best thing Brexit does is unite Ireland. But again, you know, when your country's occupied and you have to make decisions, it's horrible. My, my grandmother lived through the occupation of Austria by the Germans and the Russians. And she just has so many stories to tell about, like, overnight, people are one way or the other. And that's just, you know, how it is. Yep. <laughs> it's just, it just sucks. Um, but yeah, so you guys want to jump on IMFTB? Yeah. Yep. Go for it, Nate. I'll and pull we'll it up. Yeah, guns and stuff. And, yeah. Uh, it, should be, it should be fairly quick. There's not a lot of uh, oh, yeah. variation. Oh, yeah. Hour fifteen, so okay. most of our episodes between hour ten and hour twenty. Uh, so. uh, no, I don't care about there's fishing. Some, there's some shit to cut in here too. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> but you know, I figure you go ten minutes over, we're good. But <laughs> I, I came up a lot. That came. That came. Though. That came up on. Uh, that came up on. Uh, on. Uh, fixed bayonets. I'm like, I don't care about. I don't give a shit about fishing. <laughs> <laughs> But like, just so you know, Nate, I will forever and always bring up the Milgram experiment wherever it's valid. <laughs> it's fascinating. No, it's cool. I, it, I, I never knew about that. And people, cool. need, yeah, people need to know about yeah. that because mm-hmm. when you go, well, I would never what? do something like that. Well, yeah, you fucking would. I'm, I'm really glad I, I wrote that comment down because I just want to talk about it because like the Holocaust thing, but I totally forgot about the deeper things. Yeah, we're good. Um, All right. So yeah, the Leonfield number one, Mark three. SMLE.
probably star. Yeah, this like, guy, yeah. this guy was an, it was that was a very interesting scene with all that, and that guy was a total dill hole. You see how they're black and tans though. Uh, the yeah. Uniforms. So yeah, I, it's forest green, but well, that guy. So this guy's Irish, or this guy's English army, but that guy's Irish uh, black and well, tans, right? No, they're all. No? Okay. They're, they're, they're is that what the hat is? Irish constabulary. But yes. but I'm hearing they're English all on the same accent, side. They are English. Yes. They're all. Yeah, English. he's got a World One no victory I ribbon World... on his um fucking. So he was in the First World War. Oh, that's, oh I didn't know that. That's right. Yeah. <sighs> no. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mike. Have? I mean, I, I don't. I don't know what the other ones are. But I forgot. You know, I knew the one on the the one. Well, the World One victory ribbon was the same, pretty much for all Entente powers that won. Okay. Yep. I didn't know that. So that's on the, that's on his left or right. You're looking at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the SMLE. Yep. Oh, it's funny. The handguard's broken on that SMLE. Yep. That's uh, not yeah. un- that's not uncommon side. at all. That that part is the weakest no, goddamn right part. There. Yeah. You've got right two little here. fins. Yep. Two little yeah. fins. I have yeah. a spare one, and the, both the fins are broken off of it. So yeah. They snap on. Yeah, yeah snap I have on. a spare one too, and they just it's whatever. Uh. Okay, there's your G ninety eight. Yep. Uh, yep. Yeah, scene that you said taking a shot with. Yep. The four, the four speckled. It's rock. like bowler hats, a trench coat, and you know, circa nineteen hundred belt. So those are just coats. Those aren't trench coats. They're just coats. Uh, well, I know, but yeah, I was laughing about it during the film. So, like Irish impression. So what? It's a stacking. It's a stacking loop. Is that a World War One K ninety eight down with the stacking symbol? Because the World War Two ones don't have that. That's an AZ. Only AZ. Well, it's an A or an AZ. Oh, 98 A. Most of them were AZs. Well, but they would have had AZs. What's it stand for? Um. Uh. Fuck. Because the A, the K ninety eight A, is a different thing. It's a post war rifle. It's a G ninety eight that they modernized to a K ninety eight size with the SG one forty two rear sight. That's a K ninety eight A. Yeah, I, I should be able to. Let me just try and Google without knocking over the fucking microphone. <laughs> there, I I don't have an AZ. I really want to get one. Are they hard to They're find? Hard to I I almost They're got one a, find, a, a couple of weeks or a couple. Well, no, it's like a, almost a year ago now. If we do the York movie, we'll need a lot of them. That's gonna be hard to source. Mm-hmm. But um, they're really cool with their front sights, and they have a, you know, in a lot of ways, they are the first candidate. Like a lot of the fundamental principles about the candy AZ or yeah, the candy AZ went into the candy eight um, for obvious reasons. But so the AZ stands for Aufplanz und Zusammen. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> zusammen setz vor Richtung. Uh, oh, with yeah. bayonet attachment and piling hook. Yeah. yeah. Uh, with oh. bayonet attachment and piling hook. Piling so hook. yeah, the AZ like the it's a piling hook. I know what the the, hook the is, stacking a pi- stacking is that the piling stacking. hook is stacking. Okay, cool. Yeah, I just want to yep. make sure it wasn't hook. like a hot like a like a like a like a yeah, bayonet catcher. No, that you they, they, to be, they like, probably they probably put that on there as like a colloquial term, but like I don't know. Um, okay, so or bad translation. Auf plant pflanz und zusammen six. Jesus, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I want to try to do that again. They're, they're fucking compound now. Na- their compound nouns are fucking ridiculous. Zusammen. This was a far. As Mike brought up earlier. What? I can say it very slowly. But yeah. The candy eight. Yeah, candy eight K is um yeah and that that, yeah. that so that that came that was yeah, a fucking yeah not was not introduced till 1935. Exactly. Well, that's bullshit. Uh, <laughs> tradition. No. 
Well, no, no, no. Hear me out. Me, here, listen to this. The first candidate Fight. style of rifle Fight. was the was the 1924 standard model. That was so not a you fucking argue... German design, nor was it a fucking adopted German weapon. No, 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 no. no. Let me finish. <laughs> okay. Um, yes, it was not adopted by the German military until the DRP rifles of 34 or 35. But I'm saying that if they were to put something in this movie, if the, if the times did overlap, you could get away with the standard model. No, you couldn't. You can't. No way. Well, this is 1920. No, no, no. I'm saying that if the years overlapped and stuff. They, but they don't. The standard model. They don't. They don't, but they're, the standard model is two years no, away. So, so, so here's like the thing, the Brian. I'll, I'll just summarize this for you. It's fucking incorrect. It should not be in here. It is. Yep. E- no, I yeah. agree with you. Okay. But the, 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 the standard model, though, was like the idea of a Candy 8 was so close to coming out, you know? It was right in that period. Of it like was already there, but they used literally a K98 with the fucking sights that were whatever. Like it, it's yeah. The center model, like no, the yeah. FN model, the FN, the Belgian model, 1924 was that length and whatever that became the standard yeah. for like the checks. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then yep. later on the Germans, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. No matter what you say, this is not correct for 1920. Oh no! It's in, not. In, in, it's in any model, how, like the way you're you're bringing up, yep. it's not correct. So they mm-hmm. fucked up on that. Okay, it's fine. Yep. But I was to say it's because the article says thirty-five. That's wrong. Twenty-four. You could say the first. No, the the, was the, the the Mauser Carabiner Kurz came out in nineteen thirty fucking five. Okay. In what about the banner rifles that the DRP bought? So they can get around they were updated the, uh, fucking G98s that were made to they civilians. Were, they were made for civilian The markets. Mauser banner rifles were literally candy. It's with 24 stamped on the side. We're talking about the DRP guns. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yes, a couple of them saw fucking service in the Second World War because they were bought by the fucking illicit German, like the Waffen-SS and, and some of the Wehrmacht. These are two different things, Mike. I'm talking about the first candidates that were bought from the Deutsche Reichspost in 1934. The Mauser stand, the Mauser banner. Yes, rifles. but some of them did see service. Here's the thing. Yeah, they were but that bought matter, as though. civilian <laughs> firearms by these illicit fucking <laughs> military organizations. That's what I'm saying. Like they they were made the as civilian candidate. rifles. No, but it was okay. Yes. The first candidate was made for the German government for the German. It Reichs wasn't Post, made for the German government. Bought. It was well, okay. Kind of by the, the, the kind the, of the, what is the Reich's post? Is the US Post of, Office part of the US government of, or is the rogue of, organization? They, of that's how they got around the fucking it's, it's, Treaty of Versailles. Like that's how they got around those restrictions. All I'm saying is this: the first candidate style rifle was adopted by the German military in 1934. That's the all Mauser, okay, yes, agree yes. But yeah. the actual the banner rifles that came sure. out, the actual candidate made for the German military well, they, by they the German government. Now they in weren't made. They weren't made fresh they were cut down g98 so let's be honest here uh, my my sg135 uh g coded 35 data candidate begs to differ because it's a cast receiver in 35 serial number 35 3400 or something <laughs> yeah but the, even the mauser banner rifles they were not g98 receivers they were their own receiver so okay the they were made as civilian fucking firearms the german government Right. They got around the fucking Treaty of Versailles. The Reichspost. Yeah. I'll just say this. Girls. The first girls, style candy. 
Okay. The first style Kennedy 8 rifles were adopted in 1934. <sighs> Not 1935. <laughs> That's all I'm they saying. They were adopted. They were purchased. How about that? Let's find a happy okay. medium. And then they were purchased and put on a train and shipped to a military barracks where they were issued. Yeah, troops. that wasn't good with Treaty of Versailles. Though. That did not. That's not. <laughs> it doesn't matter. But they were given the soldiers. <laughs> okay, in but it wasn't so officially. <laughs> the fucking Mauser KAR ninety eight was not adopted until nineteen. Well, technically nineteen thirty six because they were still doing trials in thirty five. With that, so. The K98 that everyone fucking knows and loves, and I love that. It's my license plate. Really? Yes. Oh, that's funny. I love <laughs> the rifle. It's a fucking great rifle. It kicks like a fucking bitch if you shoot it more than 50, 60 rounds at a time. But it's still a great rifle. Um, That was 1936. Officially adopted. 1935, they started making them, yes. Off of the Mauser banner, like, variants. Yeah, okay. I will say that's like saying, okay, that's like a hypothetical. So the U.S. military likes the uh, AR-15, right? Okay. Yes. They like the AR-15. They didn't adopt the AR-15 until several years later. We'll, we'll condense this, but like I'm using an example. They modified it and then we're like, okay, well, we like the platform and then we'll start producing it for the actual military at this point. Two technically different weapons from two technically different manufacturers until it was officially adopted and contracted. Officially. Because the AR-15s... Hey, here's the thing. Contrary to popular belief, AR-15s were in Vietnam. The semi-automatic ones, they were in Vietnam. In advisors' hands. The civilian, like what became the SP-1, were in advisors' hands in the late 50s and early 60s. Now... That's interesting. Did AR-10s ever make it over or no? Um, I know they ended up in Africa. Well, no, the Dutch actually liked them more than we did. They loved them. Yep. Yeah, so, they show up a lot in Mozambique and stuff. Yeah, but uh, anyway, yeah, I'll look at my audacity and make sure we're, yeah, we're still recording. What so, I'm saying so, is, is just, just to finish this off so we can be on the same page, the actual Mauser K98K was officially adopted in 36, started being um, tested and shit in 35, based off of an earlier model rifle that was not technically a military rifle. It was a civilian rifle made by a certain company to circumvent or circumvent, if you've seen uh, Arrested Development, um, the Treaty of Versailles and the arms agreements therein. That was bought by a government issued to their troops in 1934. So anyway, uh, let's move on. What was the whole point of this? I just love watching you guys fight, which is why I'm just here. We're not fighting. We're. I was just saying that the the idea of the shit, the the idea of the candy eight was fresh. It's wrong for the movie, but it's interesting. But what was the whole point of your guys' argument? I just enjoy watching you guys go at it. Okay, so basically, fucking point of that. I'm just mad that they say 35, and it's that's wrong. 34 is the right answer. Oh, introduce introduce was not introduced until 1935. Okay, so in the hands of German find, soldiers we, in 35 common ground, Brian. The way that IMFDB yeah. is written on here was not it's introduced wrong. until 1935. No, yeah. that I'll agree with you with. But yeah, because the Mauser banner rifles got in German soldiers' hand in 34. Whoever way you know was not tested until 1935 on a large scale, and then not adopted until 1936 in the film was set in 1920. Okay. 
I'll, I'll get okay. with you there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The page is wrong. We, yes. Common ground. So yeah, we can find the, the rifles are wrong. The page is wrong. But yeah, like, well, I'm not wrong. I'm not fucking. <laughs> I'm not. I'm either, not fucking wrong. So. Well. Okay. How about this? In 1920, they're not gonna have a fucking K98. How about that? How about that? Cool. And the idea was out there. They're not going to have a fucking KAR-98K in 1920. I don't give a fuck what version of fucking reality you choose to exist in. They're not going to have a fucking K-98 in 1920. It doesn't... A K-98K, rather. You know, they can have an AZ or an A. That's fine, because they do, and that's fine. They wouldn't have an A. They have an AZ. Right, they have an AZ. That's right. The K-98K was not even a concept in 1920 <laughs> it came way later it came several years later so it, the idea of a short rifle was definitely out there but, but not a fucking k98k <laughs> end of fucking discussion i just wonder where they got the ammo you didn't for it, you didn't like you, you didn't, said you didn't earlier. answer his question though brad what the, the idea that who the last comment he just said Mike going... say it again <laughs> I, I don't remember what I just said what did I say <laughs> he, he blacked out <laughs> he said in 1920 the the nobody had any plans for these rifles no 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 that's not what I said you're fucking because... no you're not CNN Brian I thought you didn't remember I what said, you said in 1920 the Mauser <laughs> so you remember what you didn't remember quotes did not fucking exist <laughs> therefore it's out. wrong in this film and you said that. And you said that the design for it didn't exist, which I call no. I said that <laughs> tactics are out there. Fucking model did not exist in 1920. <laughs> yes, but the whole world was moving. Yes, the but you should have just anyway. said yes. You should have just said yes, and we could fucking move on. To- you should have said yes ten minutes ago. <laughs> oh. <sighs> All right, moving on. Mike, it was not there in Mike. 1920. It's fucked up. It's wrong. There was not. <gasps> the page is wrong for the 30s date, and there was not a candidate there during the Irish Civil Correct. War. We'll agree on that. We'll yep. just agree on that. Yeah. Because, yeah. I, I, yeah, we concur. Anyway, move down. Oh, my yep. fucking eyes. Jesus Christ. Right. Yeah, I know. Oh. Oh. Um, yeah, the Mark IV. Yeah. God, that's oh that's realistic. God. Yeah, the earlier yep. one. Yeah. And, and I just and don't you, know if this is the one they used in the board and war. You were right. I think You're obviously no. right. Um, Brian, Mike, this is the one I was talking about earlier. Yeah, the Mark yeah. IV. What, uh, can you Google really qu- Or Shit, I'll Google when that came out. I think that actually came out in the early 1900s. Yeah, I think that's earlier because I think mm. the, as World War II goes on, they I made the barrels longer on the one the web. That's the one they use in Zulu. I know it's. I only know that because I looked at the MFDB for it, but I know it's wrong for the Are 1880s. those expensive? Yes. Fuck. It's really hard to find 455 ones too because most of them are shaved in the Well, they're usually, they're usually in 38 fucking um that's that is oh, the one oh, that is that the is number. the one pistol that's right I for really the want but i i i need to i need to do it i have a friend that has one documented was at gallipoli that's yeah. fucking i think it was a no, it had to be i can't i can't i can't so. get a definitive date on when it was introduced but like yeah the mark six mm-hmm. yeah I, i've got one of those in the 45 or no i have it in it's shaved to 45 acp but i have to oh, it's, yeah. download the rounds are they accurate moon clips oh god oh yeah really dude I love top break revolvers. Just I so really I want. I really want because that's the only thing I actually of all of the stuff that I collect and do. I don't have a revolver. Really? Mm-hmm. Really? Yes. Okay. So I was good. I was going to bring this up too. Yes. So that is actually yeah a Smith and Wesson Mark II. 
Yeah, um, I did see that. That's what Dan has. Interesting. I'm glad they actually yeah. put that in there because, yeah. Hand Cult official police. Yeah. Yep. Yep. 38 special. That's Where are they getting state. all these rounds? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so many rounds. That was a, if I remember correctly, that was a common First World War purchase pistol. The Colt, the Colt New Service? Yeah. New Service yeah. in, in 455 for British officers. Yeah. And, and here's the thing is like, common. so the Colt New Service became the 1917 revolver. Uh, yeah. the, one, the one Colt that I have was chambered in 455 uh, Ely, not Webley. It was because hmm. you could see the stamps like that are stamped over it and yeah, and blah, blah, blah. Um, so yeah, the, the new services that's a big fucking revolver and I love mine. Oh my yeah. god. Uh, yeah, they use the C96 in there, which is a very common mm. firearm in Europe at that point. I, I have a, I have a question yeah. and this, I'll keep this very quick, Mike, because we got we got to keep going. Love the them. C96, did the Spanish do their own version of that or the Mexican Chinese, yeah. Chinese. But didn't the Spanish do one? Astra made them, yes. Astra? They made broom what, handles. What caliber did they do it? The was 30s. it like 9 millimeter, like long or something like Largo? that? Largo? Yeah. Largo? 9 by 23. Oh. 9 by 23, yeah. yeah. If you shot if you shot a 7 point... Uh, what 6.3? was the 6.3 in something that might be Largo, would the rounds tumble inside the barrel? Yes. Okay. I have a buddy of mine. We shot what is stamped on the actual allegedly well, well no 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 it's just gonna be inherently inaccurate it it, it might go off he of owns like... it and um we shot we shot the the ammo the, the yeah we shot what was labeled on the Seven, side six, but, three it, but it was right? tumbling yeah. out and hitting the target sideways and either that's what? a shot out barrel that's it, either a shot out barrel right. or is it so or could it be converted is, I, to something else yeah i had i had a, a c96 a few years back and that thing was so shot out that I was shooting the correct caliber through it, the 7.63 by 25, mm-hmm. and it was still keyholing and tumbling out because the bore was okay. just so sh- fucking shot out. My, my so guess it, it's so shot out because it was rusted to hell and we cleaned it up pretty well, but I'm yeah. wondering if it's And it's gone. like, yeah, that... You can't replace a barrel and a broom handle without replacing the correct, top correct. slide. Yeah. So it's And so, really yeah, replaced. it's all one piece. And, like, they're, they're, they're nice. I got rid of it not because of that, but because... It fucking hurt me to shoot it, cause like the oh, hammer bite. Oh, hammer bite! Like I, I was bleeding really? every it's time I shot it. Really, I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I didn't. Have, when we shot it, when we shot his, nineteen eleven do that to me every now. And You're not my my actual nineteen eleven, like not the A one, does that to me as well. That's yeah. why, like the one the one I had on set. If I hold it a certain way, it will, it will always nip my my phone. PPK PPKs. I know it's the way I was holding it, but PPKs have like ripped the whole top part of my thumb knuckle off. Yeah. Nice. that's not good yeah no good, good yeah. job that, i have that, big that's... i have big fat hands so it's hard to hold the... same so you would not like a c96 that's a, like yeah. shooting it consistently that's haunting a fucking bowler hat yeah. c96 yep. and the fml 1910 yep that's accurate those are cool such those a good gun cool yep that's in 32 right uh yeah i think so yeah yeah that was the caliber of that oh, was the 380. Oh, the teens, you know? well, I thought the I thought, the, I thought the 17 was 380 and the 1910 was 32. Take it with a grain of salt. You never know. It was yeah, yeah. I I think this is 32. I think I could be wrong, but like yeah, whatever. Vickers gun. That was the combat caliber of World War One. 32. You know. Yeah, Vickers gun. Think about the automatics. Yeah, Vickers gun. The mount. This is the dream gun, Lewis mm-hmm. gun. I want one so fucking bad. Uh, Fuck you, Star Wars cosplay nerds for fucking up all the parts kits. 
I, I, I've got like 10 of them just laying here. Oh, I'll come up and take one. It'll be good. Yeah, Nate will get on his knees yeah. for that. You will yeah. try. I will. <laughs> <laughs> nice Star Wars call out with a Brian. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. All right. But yeah, the Lewis gun. Yeah, the fucking. It's over, Michael. I have the high ground. That is just such a cool looking gun. That's so cool. That's a weird yeah. motherfucker. I love it though. Yeah. It's like I can see why they use it in Star Wars. You always find you always find the kits with the back of the mag and to that weird fin part always cut out. You always find them like that. That's why yeah. they've yep. always well, sliced up. Um You know that they suck air through those fins. Special hurling stick. <laughs> yeah, right. Carrying it the not, low ready. Yep. Not, not not to be confused with the shillelagh stick. There we go. You want you want to see my shillelagh? <laughs> yeah, IMFDB is done. So basically, uh, Mauser, Mauser, Lee Enfield, Webley, C ninety six. It's gonna be so much fun and, uh, to 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 make that K ninety eight discussion just so digestible. I'm gonna enjoy every minute of it. Yeah, it's God. because you know, fucking, you know, he's arguing very stupid fucking details <laughs> and it's semantics it's, it, it is semantics and like whatever but okay i'm not gonna i see i wish that. i wish i had that much information on on certain things stuffed in my brain like that yes, well, no do. there's only two things i can go off like that okay sean the not expert right, there's expert. only two <laughs> fucking things i can go off on that mg34s and ppsh 41s those are the two yeah. things i can and almost the 43s well at least you're specialized you could be a you could be a, you could be a <laughs> fucking clown cunt like me and be like jack of all trades, master of none. I'm like I have I, I was thinking about it the other day. I'm like I'm not specialized in fucking anything. I just know a shitload about a bunch of different broad topics, right? And things. It's like <laughs> uh oh, I can go I can go I off concede. on MG thirty fours and PPSH forty ones and and almost PPS forty threes, but but those are like the like, like I'm, Dude, I'm broadly with M1 grands and a few other mm. ones, but not, not to the level that you guys are. I will concede the fact that you know way more than MG34s than I do. It's because I, I went on that like Rayman. I went on like that Rayman tirade mm. like during the height of Corona, where I was like, "Get what are all the books? Give me all the books! I need to read all of the fucking <laughs> books!" And I did. It's, and it's it's know. really good to know your history with these militaria mm. because then you might be like Mike Birch and you got to make a prop for a movie and you grab a helmet out of a pile of helmets and you put it up on a range and you shoot it and you <laughs> don't realize that you you just shot a liner that just sold on eBay for five hundred dollars <laughs> and that's just the liner. I still so have the helmet out in the sometimes garage, by the way. It really, yeah, I'll give you twenty bucks for it, <laughs> dude. No, I was really so pays fucking the stupid worn stuff. out. Like so. I literally, because all all the <laughs> other liners are like Westinghouse and Firestone. I was like, okay, all the other liners are hundred dollars. Right. You chose the five hundred. Right. I was just like, well, I'm gonna take it out one day, and I'm just gonna put a fucking round through it because we need this. Ugh. And it was like, yep. When you said that, like, when you when you actually said that to me the first time, you're like, oh my god, you you really shot this one? And I'm like, yeah, you, you like it? And you're like. <laughs> Dude, this is like a fucking really rare liner. And I was just like, my heart sunk. And I'm like, <laughs> I was like trying to puke on you. But I'm just like. For the for the real nerds, it was a uh, inland liner with um, 
silver A washers. So probably September, October of 42 production. Which is <laughs> Jesus, like, Mike. They stopped Holy making liners crap. shortly after that to make M1 paratrooper carbines. They only made like 50,000 liners, and most of them were destroyed during oh. the war. Well, um, yeah, you so, keep, keep well, the, rare, the only rare one knife. is a low pressure. Well, can you pay Twisting someone to? Knife. It was a good time just to repair someone really to pay to just repair. Oh just, no, you it's, can't. Well, I mean, it's not fucked. It's just got two holes, holes the fiberglass. It. It's got two so, holes. I mean, just it. patch it. A lot of fake blood just in it now. Just patch it. It won't. It'll be worth. It'll be worth half of what you what it was. Hey, listen. I want to buy my Shelby Mustang. It's an original Shelby. It's only got a hole in the block. It's really awesome. Someone will pay. Someone would pay two hundred dollars for that. I I I will tell you right now. If you repaired it, if you repaired it and did some stuff to it, I guarantee someone would pay two hundred bucks for that. He sell it in the prop shop. (laughs) It's worth more as a prop now, but. But as far you know, it's funny. You never hear about the stuff they destroy in movie sets, like all the shit that we destroyed on our set by accident. You know, you never know if they, uh, maybe they destroy that Lee Enfield by accident. <laughs> you know, they, oh, the, they, the, the broken handguard. Yeah. 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 Uh, we shall now enter the hour. The review. Oh boy. Nathan, I suggest you go first. Uh, Here's the talking pillow. The, the crown demands it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Come on, Lord I, George. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, hurry no, up. No. <laughs> you told me to hurry up. Now I'm going to take my sweet fucking Southern time with that. All right. Fuck it. Bye. See you ya. Can do that too. <laughs> Good podcast. See you guys Good next time. week. See ya, yeah. yeah. The Iron, Iron Brigade has okay, left the chat. Right, all right. All right. I'll speed it up. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good nickname by the way <laughs> all right so no i mean like ov- overall I, I i really like this movie for everything i said before you know with the with the you know the newfound outlook on the whole movie as a whole all the camera angles the props the ambush ups the difference between k98 case productions and, and end dates um i really really enjoyed this movie even though it is a slow burn in comparison to a lot of the other war th- war movies, and the other thing I want to actually pose off to you guys is: this a war movie? Yes. Yes. Okay. Because we've told we have definitively called other movies not war movies, even though they still have the same kind of you know it's the same subject matter in terms of that. So my so my guess my 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 question is: since it is a war movie, is it? what 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 makes it that because we've said like in the past like midway is not a war movie at least to some of our eyes it's it's the beginning of the the, the, the is, modern war of irish independence so it was a war is so is gettysburg a war movie yes it takes place during a civil war this movie takes place during a okay. civil war i i so that's I, be- my I believe i believe that i just wanted know? to make sure i bounce it off of you guys and what, yep. what, what and yeah. just just to be honest take away 10 percent of my opinion because i am you know i have a Irish bias, but still, I will fight that this is a uh, a war. No, and I and I and I and I agree with that as well. Um, Yeah, you know, it it is it is a it is a slow burn, but it is very rewarding to get through it because I feel like you you come out with a a better perspective on an era that is very. I think the beginnings of it is very well, very much forgotten, and I think it is a very interesting take on how the i guess what some people would call like a plight on ireland how it kind of started because all the violence that happens within it and um it is a, a very rewarding film i think all in all and it does very resonate very high on my i guess 
to watch list of all the movies i think we've done recently this is probably going to be a high one um just personally and i'm sure if um if we had everyone here as well they would say the same thing um you know i think um i think i would give this a pretty high rating all in all um i'm gonna give it an eight out of ten screen mel gibson's it's 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 really well done just it is a slow burn but we like boring movies when they're done well and i don't think this is boring but some people might so uh brian um so yeah you know i i have a lot to say about this movie um and just to start wrapping it up it's really hard to talk about civil wars or revolutions because one side you have freedom fighters and the other side you have the occupiers and you know or terrorists i should say that's the better term and depending on which side of the spectrum you are you either view the ira as freedom fighters or as terrorists so it's it's always very decisive to look at these civil war films and that's just not irish that's anything you know even talk about the civil war confederates versus uh, union stuff um but that being said this is a very very good movie yes it is a slow burn but it just it's the story of one man's path to rebellion because you know in the beginning of the movie they don't choose sides they were they were pushed in a certain direction and that's what i like about this film it's like you know these guys are swept up into it he just wanted to be a doctor you know i mean that's all he wanted to do and in real life that's what he wanted to do as well but then he just gets swept up into the war and you choose sides and then you end up losing um so I think it's just a great character study of that and how deep you can go into something and how deep you can get pulled into something. Um, you know, cause it's one thing to support a cause. It's another thing to kill your fellow countrymen and call them traitors, you know, like the whole ambush scene or the, the sorry, the execution scene, like, you know, with the actual Irishman, the fucking kid that was their age. So I, I just, I really like it. I always have liked it. And um, I like how it ends. It's just very, nothing's gained nothing's lost because again that's a revolution or that's a, a civil war you know it's just like victory is peace yeah but but you know i don't know it's a little different killing your neighbors than killing, <laughs> yeah somebody that speaks a foreign language but you know it's just it's getting to normality or whatever the new normal is um but I, I really like it and i i have a lot of good things to say about it it's great and smles are awesome so um just bringing it back, uh, I give it a nine out of ten. Um, the only thing that I detracts from it is a little bit of hokiness with some of the gunplay and stuff. But no, it's great. And uh, Aaron Gobra, so Mike, <laughs> all you. Jesus, yeah, I'm sure a bunch of the Irish guys are gonna be like, yeah, he fucked that up, but it's fine. Oh, I totally did, but you know, it's I'm a New England Irisher, so I I get the you you're, know, you're a fucking a transplant, yeah. Attack, attackies, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um no like i mean did the how I, I, agree, I agree with what you guys said it's it, it's you know it, it it was a fucked up situation it still is you know to an extent to this day and like to see the roots of why the ira became a thing and all that stuff it's interesting you know and there's brutality and so i don't know how overblown the black and tan guys and the british soldiers were i don't know how overblown that was or how underplayed it was because i wasn't there i don't know much about this subject like in detail but as far as like the actual screenplay the acting um the scenes themselves yeah the some of the gunplay was just fucking stupid it's like yeah but whatever um 
I can overlook that because the acting and the 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 situation was so good. Um, yeah, I'll give it an eight out of ten as well. And it just it it also like we were talking about on a lot of these podcasts is like it opens up people to go and research this topic of like, well, why do the Irish and the British not get along that well? Well, you have to go way back, but in recent history here's where you can start to go down that rabbit hole. And I think it was portrayed fairly well about countrymen killing other countrymen, the British coming in and just being kind of dickheads, which, you know, never has happened before. That's, you know, totally not why we have the United States now. That's totally not why Australia is independent and India and whatever. But, uh, you know, the British, Wales and Scotland want to break away. British were never dicks. Which is good. They never overstretch their uh, capacity, but no, I, I, I see a lot of parallels, you know, in like the American Revolution. But like, again, we were across the ocean. We're on across like basically a glorified lake. You know, like they are like so close, and so it's a lot harder to have a revolution when you're that close, and be successful because they can just pour troops in. There's a lot of just logistical nightmares with them coming to us back in the. Uh, 18th century, blah, 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 but like, yeah. So, but there are a lot of parallels like politically and uh, militarily to the American revolution. And that's great that Ireland's uh, mostly an independent country nowadays. So, but yeah, eight out of 10. Um, Awesome. And and just, and sorry, sorry, not to interrupt, but just to chime off on Mike's thing about, you know, whether or not the British were interpreted or were shown correctly or incorrect, you know, level of intenseness, not tenses kind of cycle back to come and see where we were talking about how the Soviet Union kind of portrays Germans very, 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 very one way yep. um, to, to do. I was just they got me curious. and I just looked at the thing. The director is actually uh, English. Which I thought okay. would I was not expecting that. I was actually expecting it to be an Irish director or some kind of, you know, that kind of flavor to it, but it's, it's a very predominant British director. So that was very, that makes me think that it's very much based in facts than uh, kind of overblown sides of a coin. Yeah, kind of and, and that, that's fine, yeah. Yeah, I just, sorry, I, I just I wanted to chime in on that. No, no, yeah. that, that's very good because, like, I, I just don't have enough educational me neither. time yeah. and research on that yeah. to say one way or the other, but... You know, from what it was portrayed, it wasn't didn't seem over the top to me. It didn't seem like Same. underwhelming. So, right, right, right. Yeah, right. I just wanted to chime in on that. Sorry, Brian. Yep. No, we're good. No worries. No, it was just enough. It wasn't over the top. It wasn't under. You know, it just uh, it was horrible, <laughs> and that was just exactly what it had to be. Um. So yeah. So calculating our scores, we gave this movie an eight point three out of ten, which is pretty high on our scale. Um. So if you like SMLEs, if you like listening to thick english accents <laughs> or you know you just like uh, listening to a wisconsin to and keep... a new england or shout about k98 so you can come and listen to this exactly because i yep. was fucking loving that <laughs> of course you were it's like the second irish civil war uh, 100 years like later you both on it was fantastic <laughs> but um no it's it's really a great movie uh, it's to- totally worth a watch um yeah highly recommend it so cool well, thanks for joining us, guys, and uh, catch you next time. Cheese curds suck. And.
<laughs> I'm going to end it on that. Just, this is when Mike just disappears. <laughs> Iron Brigade out. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to leave a rating. Otherwise, Mel Gibson won't stop screaming. If you like this content, make sure to check out our Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram pages. If you want to directly support our work, make sure to check out our Patreon. All these links are in the description below. Until the next time, Scuttlebutt out.